Gotta be honest, part of me is ever so slightly disappointed that I was unaware that TeslaQ.org was going to be released, but I'm okay with that because we are a collaborative organization. We have no top-down organizational structure. We're just a bunch of individual people who are following this story and doing our own research, following each other's research, building on each other's research. The TeslaQ podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended for and should not be used as financial, investment, or trading advice. Research associated with fiscal decisions should be conducted elsewhere. The host of the show possesses no license or credentials to warrant accepting advice based on what is heard on the TeslaQ podcast. Additionally, even though the host and guests may hold positions in companies discussed on the show, they don't have insights into the next time step of the simulation. Therefore, do not make any financial decisions based on the contents of this podcast. Hello and welcome to episode number 15 of the Tesla Q podcast. This is going to be a solo episode today. I'm recording after the Super Bowl on Sunday, February the 3rd, 2019. We're going to talk about some things that occurred on Friday, February 1st and Saturday, February 2nd and today, February 3rd in the land of Tesla Q Twitter and just Tesla Q in general. With that, I'd like to remind everybody, if you want to help continue the podcast and make it better, donate on the Square Cash app. Search for Tesla Q Podcast, T-S-L-A-Q Podcast. You can also go to cash.me slash Tesla Q Podcast. That'll take you to the same spot. Apologies, that's only debit cards, not credit cards. Still need to set up a Patreon account, so I'm going to get on that later this week. So with that, let's go ahead and get into the items from Friday. On Friday, there was a Form 13F that came out that indicated that ARK Invest has sold 44.5% of their Tesla shares in the fourth quarter of 2018. So that's the period between September 30th and December 31st. If you're not familiar, ARK Invest is headed by Kathy Wood, who is infamous for her $4,000 price target for Tesla shares. So the fact that they sold just a little bit less than half of their Tesla holdings in the fourth quarter of 2018 is something worth considering in your head. I haven't heard a justification for why they've done this, but it's a non-trivial matter. I don't know. I don't watch CNBC personally, so I have no idea if they've talked about it at all. They may not have. They may have briefly mentioned it. I don't know, but they've had her on the, on the, the station before and they have propagated that ARK Invest has a $4,000 price target for Tesla. So in my opinion, it would behoove them to get at least a little bit of commentary from her as to why ARK Invest has sold off a little less than half of their Tesla holdings in pretty much the exact same time period as when the $4,000 price target came out. It just is worth considering in your head if, if nowhere else. Think for yourself. Think about how they justified that price target and then later sold off that quantity of their shares. And I'll stop ranting about that now. Also on Friday, the Inside EVs estimate for January Model 3 deliveries in the US came out. That came at 6,500 Model 3s. Later in the day on Friday, Edmonds also came out with their January Model 3 estimate. And it was also in the 6,500 range. It was it was less than 6,600 for January. So that compares to the 25,000 that were delivered in December, according to Tesla's reports. So keep that in mind. It's a 70 something percent decline. Haven't done the math in my head, but I've seen that number thrown around a bunch. Just after the market closed on Friday, Stuart Meissner, who's known as the, he, he did have Martin Tripp as a client, as a whistleblower client uh, for an SEC lawsuit. He's no longer representing Martin Tripp, but he is representing Carl Hansen, 
But just after the market closed on Friday, he announced that he can now confirm that he has a new client who's a senior Tesla person with direct knowledge of the CEO. From the description, my initial thought was, did he get Deepak to be a client? Upon thinking of it further, it is most likely not Deepak, the CFO who retired as of, well, it was announced on Wednesday. The 8K filing said intends. It didn't say what day he's going to quit, what day Zach Kirchhorn's going to take over for him. It just said that he intends to retire. So at this time, I would guess that it's less than a 1% chance that Deepak is Stewart's new client. But even though it's probably not Deepak, it is somebody who's a senior is or was a senior Tesla official and has direct knowledge of CFO. CEO, I should say, not the CFO. Maybe it's Dave Morton. He was there for less than a month back in August. I think his first day was August 6th, the day before the funding secured tweet, if you'll remember. And he left in early, early September, if I'm not mistaken. So maybe it's Dave Morton. Maybe it's somebody else. Stu, if you are if you happen to listen to this, I'd like to have you on the show as a guest. Obviously, you'd have to keep your attorney-client privilege stuff on the down low so we wouldn't get too deeply into any of that. But I uh, would like to hear more about what you could publicly say about those cases. And obviously, we'd give you a good forum here. You'd have more time than on Fox Business News or CNBC or anything like that. Not that we have all that many listeners, but if you were on, maybe we'd have a few more. So enough of that. The final item from Friday that, in my opinion, and in the opinion of Tesla Q is big news, is that TeslaQ.org has now launched. There was a CNBC article that went live I I think simultaneously with when the site was actually officially publicly launched. Uh, Laura Kolodny put that out. Thanks, Laura, for giving a little bit of publicity to the Tesla Q people. And Phil Lebeau tweeted Laura's article, which prompted a response from our favorite, favorite CEO, Elon, lover of memes. So uh, with his love of memes, he replied with a meme about short shorts, of course. And it also included some Oedipus type stuff, which I'm not going to get into on this podcast. But if you're on Twitter, I'm sure you saw it. So I won't get into it. So by tweeting that meme, Elon indicated that he is fully aware that TeslaQ.org exists. Oh, and I I haven't even talked about what TeslaQ.org is. It's basically a website that is going to archive the Shorty Air Force and Shorty Ground Force reports. It's a, It's got a Creative Commons license so that reporters can utilize photos from the Shorty Air Force or Shorty Ground Force under the Creative Commons license without requesting prior permission from the, the people who took the photos. So that should be convenient for any, any reporters reporting on Tesla that might want to use some of the on-the-ground research that's being done by the Shorty Air Force and the Shorty Ground Force. Got to be honest, part of me is ever so slightly disappointed that I was unaware that TeslaQ.org was going to be released, but I'm okay with that because we are a collaborative organization. We have no top-down organizational structure. We're just a bunch of individual people who are following this story and doing our own research, following each other's research, building on each other's research. And if I'm not mistaken, the the main people behind the TeslaQ.org site are Paul Machine Planet. He's one of the primary Shorty Air Force people, also Shorty Ground Force people. Also, I think LA TriLife has been a huge, huge part. He also has provided the largest donation so far for the TeslaQ podcast. So feel free to try to, to beat him in that regard. And also Evacuation Boy and Brody Ferguson, I believe, helped a lot with the, the hosting. I don't know 
like I said, I didn't know it was occurring. All I knew was that Paul was busy over the last few weeks. Uh, and that's, that's why he hasn't been a guest yet on the podcast. But my guess is that they set up a nice secure server so that Elon and all of his doxing attempts with his army of doxers wouldn't be able to take down telsecu.org, which is a key factor for the website remaining useful. As I said when I started the podcast, or at least as I thought when I was starting the podcast, I may have not explicitly said it, but part of the impetus for starting this podcast was my recognition that apparently Twitter as a medium has the potential for being compromised. Jack Dorsey has expressed his, um, I guess the best word I can think of is affection for Elon Musk. You know, they're both Silicon Valley entrepreneurs, so they have that bond. They're both billionaires. Uh, the two of them actually are both CEOs of more than $1 billion company currently, so they have that in common. Uh, other than the two of them, I'm not sure I can think of anybody else that has that in common. So in that regard, I understand why they'd have a common bond, but it's still pretty pretty suspect, pretty sketchy that Jack would, would hold Elon's water and directly go after Twitter accounts and suppress any anything that's going on there. So the fact that TeslaQ.org exists as a separate entity outside of Twitter that hopefully is not hackable by Elon and his bots and his doxing army is a good thing in my opinion. I'm a, I'm a big proponent of the, of the First Amendment, Elon, as, as you mentioned on your 60 Minutes interview. So if you listen to this, hooray First Amendment. I do, however, respect the SEC. So we have that not in common, I guess. And with that, uh, we'll move on to things that occurred on Saturday. So on Saturday, Elon flew to Texas, as we saw tonight on Super Bowl Sunday. That was for a firing of the new Raptor engines for the Starhopper. So there was a cool picture that Elon tweeted. I admit it was cool. SpaceX is cool. Uh, I don't know if it's profitable, but it's a cool idea to have a private space industry. Also on Saturday, uh, Saturday night, there was uh, some discussion on Twitter about getting Hot Pockets to sponsor my podcast. They haven't responded to my DM yet, so I'm a little little hurt, Hot Pockets. My wife has even set up a, a box here at the, the studio. If you want it to be called the Hot Pocket Studio, we can make that happen, but it's up to you. The ball's in your court, Hot Pockets. So get on that. Moving on, another, another good thing from Saturday, Tesla Charts posted a tweet of a, a new chart, and it is the, the chart, the, the tweet simply said, subsidies don't matter. And it's a chart of Model S and X registrations in the Netherlands for October, November, December of 2018 and January of 2019. His initial chart, in, it showed about, uh, about 350 for October, about 750 for November, about 2200 for December, and 15 for January of 2019. That was later corrected, quote unquote, to indicate 23 for January of 2019. My understanding is that that difference between the 15 and the 23 was some used Model S's and X's that were registered. So either way, to go from about 350 in October, 2200 in December to 23 in January is a massive, massive drop off and shows that subsidies absolutely matter for Tesla sales. So just keep that in mind with January sales numbers like the 6,500 that was reported by Inside EVs. Moving on to the next item, there was an excellent, excellent video. I believe John, Professor John Fink on Twitter is who put it together. And it's 
got uh, some background music from Queen. The hashtag is the show must go on. I'll actually just play a little quick little clip of it. And the video has a lot of a lot of clips that are applicable to Tesla Q. Pictures of some of the lots that have been scoped out by the Shorty Ground Force. The empty Tesla parking lot in Fremont. Uh, things from Elon. Things that Elon said. A couple little clips from 60 Minutes. It's it's a really well put together video. It's got a lot of a lot of content packed into just a little bit more than two minutes. So I highly recommend checking that out. Finally, closing out, uh, there was a tweet from Bertel Schmidt. Bertel Schmidt, Bertel Schmidt. I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce his name. Apologies for that. But it's it's just a timeline of a plant, a Volvo plant that was built in China. And basically it was like a five-year project to get done. So just keep that in mind in light of the... I retweeted that. You can find it on Twitter. Just keep that in mind as you think about what Elon said in the conference call, that he plans to have 3,000... Tesla's built per week in his Shanghai factory by the end of 2019. And if you look on Twitter, you can find pictures from this past weekend where there's, I think, two bulldozers that are just moving dirt around. The pile drivers that were there for the groundbreaking aren't there anymore. Yet Elon says that they're going to be producing 3,000 vehicles per week by the end of this year. It's just, it, it's absurd. I, I don't have words for it other than to say that it's absurd. And with that, later on this week, I'd like to, I'm hoping to get about two interviews done this week. Apparently people really like the interviews. I've had some great guests so far with Tesla Charts, Phoenix 10, and Montana Skeptic. I hope to be able to keep this podcast going at a high level so that you guys will want to listen to it. And uh, however much longer it takes before Tesla Q happens or doesn't happen, you know, I'm still open to becoming a bull uh, it seems a whole lot less likely now even than, than when I started the podcast, but I'm open to it. So whenever that happens, I'll do a, either a post-mortem on Tesla Q or on Tesla, one of the two. So there will still be content out there that people will want to hear. So with that, don't forget to donate if you want to keep the podcast going. Keep listening. Should have some interviews coming up later this week. And with that, we'll call this episode number 15 of the Tesla Q podcast. Bye-bye.